Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Well, hello, everybody. Hope you are having a wonderful day. It is hot here in Mobile, 80 degrees hot and sunny. Humid. Unhuman. Yeah. Yes. We want to do a quick shout out to Clover, North Clover, South Carolina. Yeah. Hey, we have some some good friends there. We good sure friend did. of our uh, good yeah. friends of our son yeah. and us. Sure yes. So hello, Clover, South Carolina. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can contact us at Dr. Jonathan at Grace in the Shadows OR dot ORG. You can text or call 251-244-4645. Check out our Etsy store, Shadows of Grace we do have a link in our show notes where you can sponsor us monthly. And finally, if you would like a porn blocker, look into using Covenant Eyes. There's a link in our show notes. And if you use the promo code GRACE1998, you will get one month free. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We have a special guest here today with us. It is Tyler Wilsheets, and he works at Veneration Church. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Tyler was born and raised in Texas, where he made the conscious decision to follow Christ at the age of 25. He was a five-year scholarship student athlete, receiving a Bachelor of Science degree in Environmental Science from Post University in Waterbury, Connecticut, followed by a Master's of Theological Studies from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in 2019. All right. Tyler has been, yay! Tyler has been married since 2012 to his beautiful wife, Alicia. They have three children, and he enjoys the outdoors, fishing, hunting, and baseball. Thanks for being here with us today, Tyler. Yeah, glad to have it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, t- t- Tyler, tell us a little bit of who you are and what you do. And, uh, well, I'd like to start off with how you came to know Christ. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we'll skip right to that point. I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I played baseball, so that was kind of my church, we'll say. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> we spent most of our weekends traveling, playing ball, which is how I ended up in Connecticut, uh, playing baseball from Texas. And uh, I graduated college after an injury, uh, mm-hmm. moved back uh, home to Texas, and I met who is now my wife, Alicia. Yay! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we started dating a little bit, just kind of hanging out casually. And then uh, we became exclusive, I guess, her and I only dating one another. Mm-hmm. And right. she told me, if I'm going to get serious in a relationship, uh, the only way I'm going to do that is if it's a, if the guy is a Christian. Ah. And so with that, she invited me to church mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah, I mean, this girl is beautiful. I'm not going right. to uh, go to church and just try it out. I didn't have anything against it. Uh, and her parents were going to get us lunch after. And I thought, man, this is kind of a win-win here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we went, I went, uh, probably three times, uh, mm-hmm. and the third time. I don't remember the sermon. I just remember the preacher pastor talking about this God-shaped hole that God created each of us with. Right. Uh, It was funny because I had thought about that before. I couldn't understand why I had this void uh, that I could try to fill with sports or partying or girls or what you fill in the blank. Uh, And then a day or two or a week or a month later, you have this emptiness, uh, this lack of satisfaction. and I thought, man, that's, I've never thought about that. So God created me this way. Mm. And I remember, I, I am a pastor now. I, I don't recommend doing this, but I <laughs> remember going, God, if you're real, you better give me a sign here. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that, it wasn't 30 seconds later, the pastor, Chuck Angel was his name. He pointed mm-hmm. in my vicinity, which this is a church of 2,000 people. <laughs> um, and he wow. goes, oh, you. And oh. Oh. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, this, something is weird here. Uh. 
And I remember just praying uh, the prayer that he led through Mm -hmm. um, and just sliding out of my pew onto my knees. Oh, wow. I have to be my Lord and Savior. Amen. That's amazing. Wow. In tears. uh, Yeah. My future in-laws elbowing one another and pointing (laughs) at me like, look, God's got him. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. So then you were called. See, what, what, you you played baseball. You were pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> relatively. <laughs> Feels like a different lifetime ago. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had an opportunity to play at the next level and, and got hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Had an opportunity to go to Japan and play. Um, wow. I just even after the injury, and I I just didn't want to do it. I was mm-hmm. kind of burnt out. I've been playing since I was four years old. Oh wow! Wow. And I, it's just. Kind of tired of it, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. So, so you came to know the Lord, and then you were called into ministry. Was it like right after? Or Yeah, this is really good. So I, um, uh, I'm i an all-in type of guy. And so mm-hmm, right. I'm in on something I am all in. And mm-hmm. I gave my life to the Lord. And fairly unique because I grew up in the Bible Belt uh, <laughs> of Texas. Right. Nobody ever told me about this guy Jesus before. Wow. wow. Jesus, but I didn't realize um, creation was tied to God, that this Adam and Eve situation, because again, I'm an environmental science major. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was told that's a, that's a lie. Uh, wow. These are made up things, this Adam and Eve situation and creation. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started reading from the very beginning of the Bible, which I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go, wait, I've been lied to here. Um, wow and so i started getting children's books and Mm -hmm. uh, and because they're so easy a child can comprehend just like the gospel (laughs) yeah Uh, right and so i started reading these children's books going man this is fascinating and and, uh, and all these things started to come to realization for me like i saw god in his uh just in how real he was and then how much he cared for me that's that's awesome So I really started getting uh, involved in reading these books. And then uh, eventually I went from uh, milk to solid food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually reading the Bible and getting to understand it. And and the Holy Spirit really uh, spoke to me through God's word. And Mm. I was on fire and I was telling everybody about Jesus. Um, That's that's awesome. All of my friends who don't go to church, who do all the things I was doing beforehand. um, Mm -hmm. And one of my friends is, uh, accepted the Lord, and we started a Bible study together. Him and I. That's and great. God really grew that uh, over the course of about six months. It was at my house every Wednesday, uh, to where we had forty men uh, at my wow. house every Wednesday. Hmm. And That's father, awesome, man! You've got to start a church. He said, "If half of those guys are married, you have a sixty-person congregation." True. Um, and I, I that never crossed my mind. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> And so wow. he said, uh, you got to start church. And I said, I, I can't. I, I There's things I said three weeks ago that I wish I would have expanded more on or may have said not the full truth. Mm. Um, and he said, well, then the answer is simple. You need to go to seminary. There you go. Yeah. Um, and at the time we had uh, one, I had, let's see, at that time I had a one-year-old and my wife was pregnant with our second. Wow. And I was working full time in construction. I was like, "There's, there's no way I have time to to go to school." Yeah. Uh, and over the next year and a half or so, God really worked in that area and opened those doors. And I finally applied to. Well, I visited a few schools and applied to Southwestern, mm-hmm. uh, and got accepted. And Amen. So thankful for that. <clears throat> that is great. And <clears throat> as we see this. We're looking at, you know, I'm looking at the Christian walk mm-hmm. is a very much of a battle, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, you know, Peter says that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion. Mm-hmm. You know, we read in First Samuel 17, 34 through 36, David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be be not like one of them. 
because he has defied the armies of the living God. So when we look at this, the Christian walk is a war. And you really did fight. Well, in a sense, you fought a grizzly, didn't you? <laughs> uh, physically, yes. <laughs> yep. Crazy. Pretty crazy story. So you're a hunter. How did you get involved in hunting? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, my grandfather loved to hunt ducks. And so, um, I was kind of exposed to it in that manner. And then really my family, we were so occupied with baseball. My brother also is a college baseball player. Uh, he's oh, wow. Player. Yep. And so we were so consumed by sports, uh, and it, all sports. I played hockey, football, basketball, golf. I ran track, mm. cross country, um, wow. all of those things. And it just kind of whittled down to what we were the best at. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us happened to be baseball. So, uh, <laughs> we didn't have time for hunting. There wasn't time mm-hmm. for, food. uh, and my mom and stepdad weren't really, in into that, mm-hmm. but when I went to college to play baseball, one of my best friends that I met, uh, Casey Smith in Paris, Texas, had right. some land, and he was like, "Man, you should come out and 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 do this with us." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Uh, <laughs> I just got hooked. I, I just loved going out uh, hunting hogs at night because oh. you could use, you know, we were using spotlights and and wow. all this kind of stuff. It was a lot. Of fun. <laughs> Uh, for college kids to just That's get out. That's awesome. Do yeah. uh, the bass fishing, however, I was exposed to because my grandfather was a bass fishing guide. And so I cool. really did to, to fish when I had the opportunity during the summer. I'd go to his place and do that. So, so um, well, that's, that's cool. So you ended up in Montana mm-hmm. and hunting. Now, are you a bow hunter or rifle or both? Uh, I do both, although I predominantly prefer. Uh, bow hunting. Uh, it's significantly more difficult. Uh, it's more intimate, especially right. in Montana where there are elk. I mean, you could mm. be mm. five yards from just these massively huge, majestic animals. It's wow. unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. You know who the first hunter was, don't you? Uh, God. <laughs> yeah, remember? Animals, that's for sure. Yeah, he brought an animal, probably a sheep. Mm-hmm. That he slew, yeah, and he uh, mm-hmm. clothed Adam and Eve with him. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. So the day, the more, tell us about working up to the hunting experience where you meet uh, the grizzly, <laughs> the grizzly, yeah. the grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Montana is a unique area in that we have, uh, you know, turkey, deer, mm-hmm. waterfowl hunting. It's all fantastic, but it's very vast and open, uh, very mm-hmm. mountainous. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much opportunity to hunt uh, here. And I hadn't, growing up in Texas, we don't have elk. So right. this is new to me when I moved to Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, the reason I ended up here in Montana is because the first day at Southwestern, uh, I was praying as I was walking to class that God would put one or two godly men in my life that would lead me into full-time vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy who offered me this job which led me to be the executive pastor here at Veneration Church, uh, wow. sat right in front of me in my first class at Southwestern. Oh, how wow, cool. That's, really that's cool. amazing. Yeah. And he was born and raised here in Big Fork, Montana. And so mm-hmm. uh, after he graduated, him and his wife moved back here mm-hmm. and planted. And uh, I was lead pastoring a church in Texas mm-hmm. at the time. And he called me to uh, come up here. And, and what a blessing that's been. So Wow. But yeah, that, the, um, the thing about hunting elk is... They are not the top of the food chain mm-hmm. <laughs> here in Montana. Mm-hmm. So we have wolves, uh, bears, grizzlies, mm-hmm. uh, black bears. Uh, and you're as you hunt here, you're made very aware that you're not at the top either. Uh, right. I'm sure. Right. Countering <laughs> 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 a wolf or a grizzly really puts you in your place uh, mm-hmm. when you're out by yourself. Uh, no other person to hear you. No cell phone service to call anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Just being uh, instinctually aware right. can be life or death. And that's what happened uh, on that morning when I ran into this grizzly. Mm. So I, uh, Jonathan, you may resonate with a bit of this. I, I am, the longer I've bu- been a pastor and been in ministry, the more introverted I've become. Mm. Uh, totally. That is true. Totally. <laughs> so and true. 
So I love, absolutely love people. I love mm-hmm. being around people. I love having conversations with Me people. Yeah. yeah. But I also love to sit in my office or on a boat or hiking mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That just quiet time with God to be able to get out and not think about uh, the ministry things. I, yeah. I love God. I love the ministry. This is what God created me to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I also love that being out by yourself, uh, no, not thinking about everything else kind of situation. Makes sense. And my wife hates it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know where there are predators uh, by right. myself with no cell phone service. I can understand how she would feel that way. You know, Tyler, I knew a pastor years ago, and I'm not mentioning his name. Okay? Oh, no. But he had a, a, a ship, a boat, <laughs> and he named it Visitation. And so he said whenever he went out, he would tell his secretary or his wife or whomever that he was going out on Visitation. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so yeah. That's mm. I'd have to borrow that. That's yeah, funny. right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, so this is a, a, a unique story and situation that I'll tell now. It's a little bit long, but I'll try to... Uh, Please. You're good. You're good. Um, the night... I was, it's the middle of the elk rut, which is the uh, middle part of September here. Uh, okay. It's the best time to hunt with a bow because they're very vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of you guys listening have ever heard an elk, they're literally bone chilling when you're in the mountains and it's quiet, um, nice and cool breeze. And then you just hear this elk just bugling. And then you hear the cows calling oh, wow. back at bulls and, Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> uh, but it was a little, uh, drizzly the night before and kind of dreary and, uh, it's a long hike and it's very steep, you know, hmm. um, 10 miles, probably round trip, depending wow. on where I walk in that certain area. Um, hmm. You're gaining 1,500 feet in elevation-ish. Um, and so it's it's a lot of work. And it starts early because if you want to get here, if you want to get in the elk, you got to start in the dark, mm. which my wife particularly does not like because you're in the dark uh, and animals can see and we can't very well. <laughs> true, true. Very true. Mm, so the best way to draw a bull in during the rut is to sound like a female, a cow, uh, elk. And mm-hmm. so I get out of the truck about, I don't know, it was probably 3.30 or 4 in the morning. Oh. Uh, and I almost didn't go because mm-hmm. the night before I was telling my wife, ah, the weather's not that great. And she said something she'd never said before. She said, I just don't need you dying out there and leaving me with three kids here at home to oh, take care of by myself. Mm-hmm. I kind of looked at her like, what in the <laughs> world are you talking about? <laughs> like, I, that's a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I drove out there. I got to my parking spot at the base of the mountain there and got out. And obviously here, when you're bow hunting, you want to carry some other kind of sidearm. They allow you to carry a pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I do. A 10 millimeter uh, pistol is my choice. It has uh, 15 yeah. rounds. And then if you chamber around, you have 16 rounds, Okay, um, which you guys will hear you definitely need. Uh, <laughs> yeah. sure. And so the thing about this pistol is it's large and it's heavy. And so a lot of guys strap them on their hip, but then mm-hmm. you have a pack that you're carrying that has, uh, if you shoot this massive animal, you have to process it on the side of the mountain. So you have this pack to help you carry it down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then also just carry your gear, water. You may be up there all day. So you need uh, MREs, meals ready to eat, uh, food, things like that. Mm-hmm. Toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the necessities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a few things to throw in your bag. Um, mm-hmm. Water's a big one because you're really working up. I work up sweat right. uh, doing this. So uh, I keep my pistol in my pack because it's uncomfortable to strap onto that pack or on my hip because it's very thick wooded um, mm-hmm. area where you're crawling or you're climbing over things. And it's always grinding up your leg or down your leg or into your ribs. Mm. Um, and so I've seen a ton of bears out there. And in my experience, they're way more scared of me than I am of them. Mm-hmm. So there's no way I won't have enough time to stop, drop my pack, pull the pistol out if something happened. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I got no more than 100 yards from my truck that morning uh, in the dark. And I just had this overwhelming feeling that I need to put this pistol on. Okay. 
So I stopped, uh, pulled the pistol out. I chambered around, uh, which I never do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, just for the threat of it falling out or accidentally Mm -hmm. uh, discharging when I don't want it to. Mm -hmm. And then I, as I mentioned previously, I have three kids. So I'm super conscious of how I store ammunition and Mm -hmm. pistols and guns. I keep all of them separate in different areas. Always unloaded, always on safe, usually not loaded uh, 99.99% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went ahead and chambered around this morning for whatever reason. Uh, and I started walking up the hill. And the way I do it in this area is I'll walk, you know, five, 10 minutes and I'll s- stop and lean mm-hmm. up against a tree somewhere and cow call and just listen because mm-hmm. those elk have unbelievable. Um, they can hear for mm-hmm. forever, and if a bull hears it, he'll he'll call back. He'll be mm-hmm. back to you. Um, and so I have multiple calls: one in my hand, one in my mouth, and uh, like a reed mm-hmm. call. I'm just calling and trying to sound like one or two or three cow elk together because that's mm-hmm. what they normally walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm making my way up calling and I'll wait five or 10 minutes and, you know, walk another five or 10 minutes and then lean against a tree and call for a few minutes. And, um, there's this one specific spot in this area that I'm trying to get to because it's the only real good area that's relatively flat and open to where you have some 20 or 30 yard bow, uh, shots. <laughs> and so I keep looking at my phone on the Onyx map to see where I am and then my spot on the mountain where I want to be. Because again, it's pitch black, dark out there. Mm. And uh, I get to that spot and I have about, well, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes until the sun's going to come up. And so I'm calling and then I'll sit quiet. And, um, I lean up against this tree and I start calling and the sun is just barely coming up. And I thought, well, I can see Mm-hmm. Uh, far enough and it's uh, legal shooting light <clears throat> and I hear what it sounds like an elk not bugle but uh, coming toward me in the brush okay. so I'm leaned up against this tree and I knock an arrow I take the arrow out of uh, my quiver and put it on my bow and I lean uh, around this tree expecting to see this big bull elk coming and unfortunately mm-hmm. instead uh this would be a grizzly oh my oh, word my. so at that point uh he was about 15 yards from me <clears throat> um which wow. uh, Not doesn't far sound, off. yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like a lot but you know, when uh, when you're in the heat of things, if an elk would have been right there, I mean, that's perfect shooting range. Like, mm-hmm. you've been in trouble. Uh, but instead, when I peeked around there and saw this uh, grizzly, mm-hmm. first, the first thought I had was, this is not good. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. <laughs> you have probably had to check uh, your drawers. I don't know. Uh, I no would have and then the second thought was, um, he's big. He's coming, and, and I knew he was coming for me. I, oh, I knew no. he cow calls and thought I was a, a cow elk. So uh, um, I did like the ultimate heroic thing, and I took a step back and tripped and fell over this tree. Oh, <laughs> oh no. So, well, we weren't off to a good start, and I, I fell uh, flat on my back. Oh, not a good day. And mm. so I uh, just kind of in the panic, I tossed my bow to the side. And mm-hmm. I knew my pistol was on my hip, so I mm-hmm. drew the pistol. And I also had remembered that it was already chambered, ready to go. <clears throat> this particular pistol has a safety, but it's, um, they call it a grip safety. So it's on the back of the pistol grip and then on mm-hmm. the trigger. Okay. So you don't have to flip a, like a manual switch or anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I stood back up, uh, I had both hands on the pistol in front of me and the bear was... Uh, at that point, <laughs> only mm-hmm. about 15 feet away from him. Oh, my goodness. And so he was down on all fours, but he was charging. He wasn't uh, sprinting, but he wasn't walking. Mm. And he was making this unique noise that I hadn't heard a bear do until that point. It was like almost a gargling <laughs> noise, like a... <laughs> like That's a, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It was a, like a deep tone. Mm-hmm. I think that it means I'm coming to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we can laugh about this now. True. Yeah. 
And uh, I thought, in my mind, I thought, as I was falling and as I'm standing up, I'm thinking, he doesn't know I'm a human. Mm. Uh, bears are scared of humans, in my experience. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I just started doing what I thought I could to make it sound like I'm a human, mm -hmm. uh, which is just start yelling at the top of my young, my lungs, bear, bear, no, no. Mm -hmm. And I thought in any second, he's going to realize that I, I'm not what he thought I was. Right. Uh, and he'll stop or he'll turn and run away. Because mm -hmm. I've seen bears before where they recognize where you are and they immediately 180 and they sprint out of there. Gotcha. Um, however... I wasn't willing to take both hands off the pistol. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm -mm. And so I just started screaming and he didn't break stride one time. Oh, wow. And so at that point, I really knew uh, this, this is bad. Um, mm -hmm. In my Texas English, I'll say uh, I was fixing to get in a bind. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> I gotcha. And so uh, he, he kept coming and I realized, uh, I either have to shoot right now or this bear is going to attack me. Mm -hmm. And so I had no choice. I, I, I started to shoot. And mm -hmm. so to my best uh, memory, I shot either three or four times um, nearly directly down on the bear because mm -hmm. uh, I'm six foot four mm -hmm. and a bear uh, on all fours isn't nearly that tall, mm -hmm. uh, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so I shot three or four times and I knew I, I was hitting the bear. Um, if any of you guys ever shoot, uh, especially a pistol, you can tell the difference when you, you hear the noise when you shoot and then you hear mm -hmm. the noise when it hits something. Gotcha. Right. Uh, this isn't dissimilar from a rifle. You hear the gunshot and then you hear the thud mm -hmm. of hitting something. And so I knew I was hitting it. Mm-hmm. However, it didn't seem to affect it very much. <laughs> oh, wow. And so I shot this bear uh, multiple times, and it spun off in a circle maybe five to ten feet to my right <sighs> uh, and started to charge me again. Oh, no. And so I shot either three or four times uh, again, mm -hmm. and I, I knew I was hitting this bear. And at that point, it started to roll down the hill next to me. Oh, wow. Um, and I kind of had that brief sigh of relief, like, wow, that was close. Um, mm -hmm. then it started to charge me again. <gasps> no, no, no. Oh, mm. And in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, I know I've shot a lot and I don't mm -hmm. know how many times mm -hmm. and I don't know how many I have left. <laughs> mm. and, and so as he's charging me this time, he's coming up the hill. Uh, the difference this time was his back legs weren't working. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew I had shot him in the spine mm -hmm. and then also his groan had turned into a full on growl slash mm -hmm. yell. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he hurt and he was mad. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just really focused this time for the first time. I had the time to actually focus on shooting exactly where I wanted to shoot and how I wanted to shoot it. Uh, okay. however, he was coming pretty quick. So, wow. Uh, boom, 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 boom. I shot a few more times. Mm hmm. And that time I knew I killed him. Uh, oh my. Cause I kind of heard him let that last, uh, air out. Like, right. He, I knew he was dead. <sighs> and so, but even then, it's a bear. Right. Uh, and in my experience, bears, they, <laughs> that when you think they're dead, they may not be. All right. Their fat just absorbs. The, that energy from the bullet or from an arrow and it can close off blood and shut a wound really, really fast. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I thought to myself, I am getting the heck out of here. I'm sure. <laughs> and so I hadn't moved other than just spinning off to my right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was facing 180 degrees from where I started. Right. So I grabbed my bow and I ran. I, I started running downhill. I uh, trying to get out of there as fast as I could. And okay. so as I take off, I uh, dropped a pin on my Onyx map. It's uh, For those of you who don't know, it's just a, an app on your phone that uh, works without uh, internet. Okay, uh, cool. You okay. Have service, you can use that. Nice. Uh, fantastic. Uh, you could download a map while you have service, and then it's fully functional GPS, topographies, 
clan markers, all of that stuff on there. Oh, that's good. Um, and so I dropped a pin so I knew where to come back to. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> I <laughs> dropped the magazine out of my gun and I saw I at least had two more rounds. And so I jammed the magazine back. <laughs> right, I'm sure. <laughs> and Just I, to be safe. Yes. Started mm-hmm. running uh, down the hill. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, uh, if there would have been a squirrel or something that jumped out, it would have been the worst day of that squirrel's life. <laughs> I am sure. I'm sure. Actually, your blood pressure was oh, sky high. Oh, my goodness. Through the roof. Um, yeah. So I got down to an area I knew I had cell phone service, and I started calling people. Uh, I accessed this part of the public land through private land, and so I called the landowner. <sighs> he did not answer, and I left the voicemail, which I forgot about until later. Yeah. And then I called our lead pastor, Luke. Um, I called him. He didn't answer. And so I called him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he knows one of my pet peeves are people that call multiple times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he knew when I called twice, okay, I, I need to answer. So he stepped out of his meeting yeah. and answered. I told him, he's like, I'm on the way. Don't go back up there. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> and so he showed up and he said, well, let's not. There's no need to call fishing game yet because there's not. I haven't 100% confirmed that the bear is dead um, right. or still there. Yeah, um, which was a good point. So I thought, well, let's go back up there and check. Oh so my! We hike back up there and um, we're getting closer to it, and uh, probably 75 yards or so off. I I was like, yeah, there there he is. He's, uh. he's right there. So we go over to it and start looking at this thing and. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's, it, I'm six foot four. It, this bear is, is close to as big as I am. Uh, oh, wow. and, and then just massively, uh, well, they're huge. They just have this fat all over mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So at that point, uh, I told Luke, I said, man, we've got to, we got to call this in. We got to call fishing game and um, mm-hmm. get them involved. And he said, he said something that was one of the most profound things that anybody has ever told me. Um, he said, man, God is going to use this story to bring people to himself. Amen. At the time, I'm thinking, what are you talking about, man? Like, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what funny. in the world? Like, how are you thinking? I was like, this is the ultimate preacher thing uh, to say. In <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, and he said, man, it, you have no idea. Again, he's mm-hmm. born dead, how fortunate you are. Mm-hmm. So we called the fishing game uh, and tell them the story. And he said, drop me a pin on Onyx. Mm-hmm. Uh, texted over to him, which I did. And he said, drop me a pin where I can meet you at the bottom of the mountain. So I'm thinking, okay. dude, I went up, down, back up, <laughs> back down. Like, this is exhausting. <laughs> I'm sure. And so uh, he showed up about, I don't know, an hour later with a bear biologist. Oh, okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a federal crime to shoot a grizzly bear. Grizzly They're federally bear. protected. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. So if you do something wrong, if you mm-hmm. shoot a bear unjustifiably, you can go to prison. Federal right. prison. Yeah. Uh, so this is not a little thing. No. Um, and so they show up and he has me on his video recorder chest thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, just tell me the story and I'm going to record it. <clears throat> and then we're going to go up the hill and I'm going to verify through the evidence that that's in fact what happened. Oh, goodness. So I tell him the story and he said, okay, perfect. Uh, take me up there. So we were walking up there and we get there and he said, okay, stop here. Because mm-hmm. he could see the bear. And he said, you guys stand right here and I'm going to go do an investigation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how long that took. Maybe 30, 45 minutes, an hour or something like that. Uh, and Luke and myself and, uh, the bear biologist are just standing there talking, hmm. uh, having a conversation about whatever. <laughs> uh, and he comes back over and he said, okay, I'm done with the investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot one detail. He, I gave him one of my, uh, 10 millimeter bullets so he could see the ammunition I was using. Right. Uh, Cause there are shell casings all over the side of this hill there. <laughs> And so he took the magazine, starts looking at it. He said, how many rounds did you have? And I said, 15. I had mm-hmm. five left. So I shot 10 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he found 10 shell casings. And okay. he said, okay, perfect. Um, so he started, uh, when he was up there, I could see him. He's measuring things. Oh, He's wow. taking photos of things. Mm. Uh, after all that, he comes back to me and he says, so I was looking for what is called a cache. 
and so that is where a grizzly will kill something. Uh, deer, mm-hmm. elk, uh, another bear, and they bury them, mm-hmm. and then they come back to them later. Uh, or they bury them because they're full, and then they protect that area at all costs. Mm-hmm. So if you get in that area, it, it's not a good day for you. Right. And he thought that's for sure what it was, but it wasn't. They didn't find any evidence of that uh, at all. Hmm. So um, he said all of the evidence in the dirt and the debris and where the bear is and the blood, he said all of it adds up 100%. He said I could see the footprints from the bear. That's Mm -hmm. clearly him because grizzlies have enormous claws. (laughs) Um, and so their paw marks are different than a black bear which has very short um, claws Mm -hmm. and he said it it adds up 100% he said you didn't he's like you left out a detail he's like you didn't tell me how close you were to that bear and I said well I don't know I just know it was it was really close and he said dude I just measured from your boot prints in the dirt to where that bear first started bleeding uh, and it was four feet. Oh, my word. Oh, <laughs> oh my word. Wow. Mm. That's so, not a lot. You know what animal has the, the highest PSI in in the world? What's that? Pressure. Bike pressure. That's the polar bear. But you know what's second? The grizzly. Goodness gracious. The lion is, is after that. So it has more pressure, PSI bike pressure, right. than a lion. You yeah. would have been gone. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. thing is, this bear was uh, six foot. And so really at four feet, he could have taken an arm and swiped yeah. it. What they do generally, people are really afraid of the bite. It's not really the bite necessarily that is the most terrifying. It's actually those claws and their yeah. arm. Um, they can literally just slice through things. Oh, yeah. And then comes the bite. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Now, I want to ask you, when did you call your wife? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After all ago. this? We didn't, yeah. Yeah, we didn't hear that. Ago. Yeah, I didn't okay. want her to, to freak out. And, I got you. Okay. Because uh, she, I mean, she had no idea. She doesn't know what's going on. Right. Um, and again, it happened so early in the morning. It wasn't like I was gone all day and night. Never okay. Called. Goodness. Um, Bless her heart. So, <laughs> she had, she really had, had no idea. Um, wow. That, that any of it happened. So, mm. yeah, he said that, uh, it, the, the evidence was very obvious that that's what happened. Good. He said a lot of times what happened is these guys will shoot a bear at like a hundred yards and feel mm. quote unquote, threatened with right. a rifle. They'll shoot this thing with a rifle and then they'll shoot it a bunch of times with a pistol, mm-hmm. uh, to make it look like, it was uh, closer. Yeah, it yeah. was closer and, and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, man, it, it's it's very clear and obvious that, that that wasn't Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. I was like, mm. well, I'm glad he didn't find something he <laughs> thought was contrary. Uh, <laughs> true. Well, I know one thing. I think you do a good elk call. Yeah. <laughs> that bear <laughs> missed you. Yeah. <laughs> we would have you do it on here, but it probably would it'd probably be uh, kind of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably just sound like a... Squealing rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still here. Wow, man, me too, me too. It was a uh, uh, so the thing about like just fishing game saying yeah everything's on the up and up that really doesn't carry any weight because it's not a local or state investigation; it's a federal investigation. Ooh, okay, so he I has guess. to call the federal. I don't even know what we'll just call them authorities. Whatever the authoritative role is. Uh, mm-hmm. In the Northwest, where I live, it's the headquarters are in Denver. So he had a okay. call in Denver uh, and explained to them the situation. Uh, and she said, no problem. Uh, I'll be out first thing tomorrow morning. So she's oh. going to flight uh, and come out. Wow. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> okay, well, here we go. <laughs> so the we go down the hill again. Mm. Oh, let me back up here. We cut the head. We, the game warden, um, mm-hmm. cut the head and the paws off. Mm-hmm. And biologists did a bunch of uh, aging. You know, they uh, checked the sex of the ma- uh, of the bear, which was a male. Mm-hmm. They uh, do aging, a bunch mm-hmm. of measurements and all this kind of stuff. And then they um, do a full autopsy. So they cut. Oh. They Yeah, they skin the whole bear and, and make sure that what I'm saying adds up. So they're looking for mm-hmm. uh, any uh, 
fragments from mm-hmm. me shooting it. And then also actually like the ballistics, I guess. Uh, right. A 10 millimeter ballistics would be totally different than like a, a hunting rifle caliber. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at all that and they say everything's on the up and up. And then they cut the head and the mm-hmm. paws off. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, that's kind of weird. You know, why, why do you do that? He said, well, those are, those have monetary value. Like people oh. owe money for that stuff. Okay. Because they've got these big gnarly looking teeth. Yeah. I mean, these yeah. massive claws. Mm-hmm. So you're like, uh, okay, yeah, I, I get that. And I said, what are we going to do with the rest of the bear? He said, yeah, we're going to leave it. Hmm. And I was like, okay. He's like, it'll be gone in a day or two. Oh, wow. These other bears and, and wolves in the area mm-hmm. uh, will eat it. And uh, <clears throat> I said, well, what do you do with the, the head and the, the paws? He said, well, we give them to uh, Native Americans. They, they're they the only ones who can legally own any part of uh, grizzly bear. In Montana. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I was like, well, okay. I said, well, hypothetically, mm-hmm. here, what if the hide uh, happened to be missing tomorrow? <laughs> and he said... Hypothetically, you would land in jail the day after. Ah, oh. uh, so no trophy <laughs> from the bear. Even then, they're I, very I, serious I said, about this. Yeah, yeah. I told him, I said, forget the trophy. Like this thing tried to eat me, man. Like, what <laughs> about something to remember it by? Yeah. Um, he said, don't even think about it. Okay. Oh wow. He said, no pictures, no social media, no nothing. Oh wow. People have this love affection for bears. Um, mm-hmm. They wow. get really upset. There's a selective group of people who uh, literally uh, send death threats to people. Um, That's it, horrific. Are you serious? Wow. It's not a good deal. So. Mm. People worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, uh, you know, an animal life over a human life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, yeah, fascinating. But you didn't want to shoot the animal. You were trying, yeah. for to, get <laughs> you were trying to live. <laughs> Self-defense. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I just know, looking yeah. back at that, uh, to give God the glory that is due his name. Um, right. God was really, really watching over me that day. I know that I believe that it was divine intervention, that I stopped, pulled mm-hmm. that pistol out, put it on my hip, chambered mm-hmm. around, which I never, ever do. Um, in yeah. In hindsight, I more than likely would have been either uh, best case mauled and survived, worst case dead. Mm. Um, if if I didn't have that pistol on, if I would have mm. had to get into my backpack somehow, uh, I, I could be gone. You wouldn't be here. Then. Yeah, definitely, because it was so fast. God yeah. is in the details. I yeah. believe He sovereignly, mm-hmm. you know, is in the details of everything, and he was preparing you for this, mm-hmm. like he prepared David years mm-hmm. and years ago before he became king. Yeah. And so I'm not saying you're going to become king. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be but, Tyler. <laughs> right. But, but what do you? Um, I guess the purpose here, I guess from my perspective, just looking in from the outside, is that you're using this experience that was pretty horrific mm-hmm. for the glory of God and spreading the gospel and mm-hmm. the power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, mm-hmm. um, and he talks about uh, what is of the flesh is of the flesh, and what is of the spirit is of the spirit. He's talking about uh, to Nicodemus that you must be born again. And Nicodemus has this uh, inability to comprehend what Jesus is saying. He says, yeah. how can I enter my mother's womb for a second time? And Jesus has to like have this massive eye roll, like, man, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what Jesus says is what is of the flesh is of the flesh and what is of the spirit is of the spirit. And the way that I read that, it makes me believe that we as born again believers mm-hmm. have this ability to see things through a spiritual lens that unless you have accepted the free gift of salvation that God right. gives, you can't see things the way we see things. Oh, I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to see them through a fleshly lens rather than this. Uh, what we have called now this biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see things so differently now that I understand better who God I'm sure. is I'm sure. and just what he has done for me. And mm-hmm. I, and as Christians, I think sometimes we lack that um, 
desire or we just lack that uh, mental capacity to just tap into that and just say, I, I want to see this through God's lens. What 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 is God teaching me right now? What, what is God doing? And, and in that moment, God protected me. Uh, right. He wasn't done with me yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really motivated me uh, in the ministry that God's called me to because I know God has big plans. And that, that was the next question I was going to ask. I was going to say, how has it changed your life, motivated you with your relationship with God and others? And I guess you, you motivated you sh- deeper into mm-hmm. your ministry, reaching others for Christ. Yeah, it, it definitely does. <clears throat> uh, the first thing it does is make me uh, see things a little differently from my wife's perspective to where I, try, I could be a little uh, uh, selfish uh, in my desire to go hunting by myself all the time. <laughs> uh, so, and then it makes you want to give your kids a big old hug and kiss when you get home. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But in the ministry, it just, the Bible says that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. But then we miss this part a lot and who are called according to his purpose or plan. That's right. And, and every single one of us, if you're born again, believer have been called to a certain purpose or plan. Hmm. Um, and I think that that opened my eyes yeah. to the reality of life and death. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm 36. So maybe at 36, you're not really thinking about the fullness of death because mm-hmm. I'm young. I, I still have a lot of life to live, but mm-hmm. in a moment, right. that can be taken away from me. Yeah. So true. Um, and and it, I think it just gives me this sense of urgency. Yeah. Good. Uh, Good. To just really go after those who are far from God. Um, and then just to that comfort, knowing that God can see things that, that we cannot. Right. Uh, God knows things before they happen. He knows mm-hmm. what will happen before it's even a thought in our mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, that's not new. God has done that. If you've ever read Job, uh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, people think about Job. And I, and just from the surface level of these hardships where he had, he was very blessed and then everything was taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end, God chose to, to bless him again. But the That's most right. fascinating part of the book of Job to me, and it's either chapter 38 or 39. I can't remember right now. Uh, basically, Job comes to this conclusion that God is unjust mm-hmm. uh, and God doesn't know what he's doing. And God <laughs> right. Shows up. right. Yeah. And then. Uh, basically, God takes Job on this virtual tour of like the universe mm-hmm. and shows him creation and the animals and how they're born and how they eat and how they feed and how he deemed that to be that way. Right. Um, and then the realization that Job comes to is that, okay, God can see things that I will never be able to see. True. Um, and then God actually, uh, in a sense, tells Job, do you want to be God? Do you think <laughs> and Job's right. like, we're not hiring right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that to me is real life. Like That's sometimes awesome. we think we see everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And in reality, we can't because we're not God. Right. We are confined by space and time and matter. And God is not. True. Um, God does not function in the same realm that we do because he's God. Right. Um, and he can see things that we will never uh, never ever see because our finite minds can't. That lack the ability to do that. That's true. That's true. There are many people listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be listening. Right. Is downloaded, and I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of people with depression, anxiety, and mm-hmm. struggling in life. And you know, I think this is a perfect example of how God can take a mess, turn mm-hmm. to a message for His glory. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's about perspective. It's about mm-hmm. that spiritual lens again that that Jesus is telling Nicodemus you have to have. Like you, you can look at things objectively, or you can take a step back and look at the entire picture and mm-hmm. go. the The question that we all as Christians, uh, two questions that I really try to focus on all the time. Number one, what is God teaching me right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. In the middle of this, what is God teaching me? Yes. Right. And then the next thing, we talk about this all the time at Veneration Church, and I absolutely love it. What is your next faithful step? Um, it can be so simple as apologizing or repenting. Right. Uh, uh, that's, a, uh, uh, that's almost a cuss word in our culture now. True. Uh, repenting is necessary. Uh, yeah. if, 
listening, repent of whatever your sin is. <laughs> right. I mean, regularly. And turn to Christ and believe. Definitely. Rose from the dead. Yeah. And then, ask, and then ask God to give you that spiritual lens that he talks yep. about. I love that. Ask God to see what he's doing. And then this is the thing. Our chief end of man is to glorify God. So yep. whatever you're experiencing, whatever your trials and tribulations, give the reason God that you experience those, the results are for you to glorify God. Amen. Definitely. Think about that a little bit. Uh, right. Think about how God will use this for his glory and his mm -hmm. benefit. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just, it will really, really change. Uh, for me, it really changed my perspective. That's awesome. Well, let, we're going to wrap things up, but I do have like one question. Do you still go hunting? Absolutely. <laughs> and your wife is okay with that? <laughs> Did you name, name your hunting uh, uh, explorations uh, visitations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is okay with it. Uh, she, my wife is uh, uh, just a total gift from God. She's That's awesome. Um Sometimes, actually, it'll get to the point where she's like, don't you need to go hunting or something? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Have you ever heard about the bear that was about ready to eat that guy in the woods? And the, and the guy, who was a Christian, and he, he, he knelt down and he prayed that the bear was a, was a Christian bear. <laughs> well, the bear approached him and got on his knees, on his paws, and he prayed, thank you, Lord, for the food I'm going to eat. Oh, my word. Where do you get these things? <laughs> I know they are, and they're awful. They're like dad jokes. Well, Tyler, we so appreciate you spending time with us today. And um, I know that our listeners are going to be so tickled to hear your story and how God has used it. And and you and Jonathan met up on a mission we trip. On a mission trip. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Republic, San right. Yeah. And I hope, Tyler, Lord willing, I'm going to be going to... Uh, Tanzania. Yeah. In October, Lord willing. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. We were actually just talking about, uh, uh, Mike is talking about putting a trip together with E3 in February. Okay. Public and work, uh, working with our congregation and trying to get some folks to. Awesome. Well, maybe y'all will see each other again. Well, we are going to wrap it up today, but God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. And as Jonathan said earlier, don't forget that God can take your mess, turn to a message for his glory, for your good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.